This is Pastor Bob Gandy, and join me today as we go back to Romans chapter 8. We're going to talk about the fact there's a curse in this earth, but there's also a curse on mankind. It both started at the same day. The day that Adam and Eve sinned, that curse came into them and all of nature. But our redemption is going to be seven years apart. We will be redeemed from the curse at the rapture of the church, but the earth will be redeemed at the second coming of Jesus to set up his kingdom on this earth. Sound interesting? Then let's go to the Word of God together and find out all about it. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. So glad to have you with me today. We have been doing a study on Romans the 8th chapter. We're ready to start with verse 18 today. And as we take up this particular chapter, I know you're gonna be just delighted with the Word of God. We're offering my book on the book of Romans. Again, I didn't write Romans. Paul did, actually the Holy Spirit did. This is just what I took. And applying it to today, and from a pastor and a teacher's viewpoint, I think you'll be greatly blessed by it. People have been using this as a reference for many years, and uh, in pastors have taught series out of it. Sunday school, classes and, and, and home fellowships have done the same thing by taking the book. And I want you to have this also for yourself. But I also recommend one other thing. You'll find on our website, this is also available on CD and flash drive. I think that'll be important to, to listen to in your car because I think some of the most wasted time is in your car. It's one of those things you get in it and you know you got a 20 minute drive to work. So you just blank out. And so, you know, you put on talk radio or you put on, you know, classic rock or country music or just something that, you know, hearing the same thing over and over and over again. The news of yesterday still the news today. The news of tomorrow is starting today. I mean, just that that constant over and over again, or you like hearing your favorite songs over and over again. But you know what? The Word of God and the revelation of it cannot even be compared. Nothing can be compared to it. It is so valuable. And I recommend you buy the book of Romans on a flash drive and listen to it as you go to the office and back. There'll be times, I mean, you may not make it to the office in 20 minutes. You'll have to stop for just a moment and think about what you just heard. Thought, oh my gosh, that's incredible. But you can also go home and find that in the book and make notes about it. So I highly recommend you do that. And it might take you a little while to do it in the car and list all that. But you know what? It's just a way God can bless you while you have this nothing time of getting to the office and coming back to where you now use it for the most valuable thing of all, and that is understanding the Word of God. Before we get into the Word of God, I do want to read a testimony today. We have one here from Jeannie in Rockford, Illinois, and she says, I so greatly appreciate your program. I listen to it faithfully each and every day. Well, I just want to thank you so much for doing that and listening to the broadcast each and every day. And again, thank you, Jeannie. But also, I want to admonish to you, too, that it's great for you to listen to the broadcast because it's the Word of God repeated over and over and over again. Sometimes I'll say things today, I said yesterday, but that's like pounding it in into your life, pounding it into your brain. The renewing of the mind is what we are after because believing in Jesus is what gets you saved, but then understanding the Word is what makes you a disciple. And that's the main purpose of this broadcast is to turn converts into disciples. And I know that you've been greatly blessed. Let's go to the Word of God together, beginning in verse 18 here in Romans chapter 8. And Paul says here, talking about the sufferings of this life, what we're going to do in verses 18 through 27 is do this. We're going to take the suffering that a Christian goes through, but we're also going to compare it to nature because we were all made 
about the same time. There were seven days of God making this earth that we have around us. The earth was here, but he took the dirt and he started making things out of that dirt. And he made animals, he made trees, he made all this, uh, you know, that's on the earth right now. And then also he made man and man was made on the last day. But I also, when man turned this planet over to Satan and he and Eve sinned, and turned it over to Satan and, and a corruption entered into this earth, a curse entered into this earth. It entered into Adam and Eve's flesh also. And then they became spiritually dead. We are born from them and we have a nature of the flesh in us, but we also have spiritual death in us. But the moment we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, we have eternal life imparted to us. And one day we will have a resurrection body. We have something to look forward to. Not only a resurrection body, but seven years after that, after the rapture of the church, Jesus will come back and set up his millennial reign on this earth. In other words, a thousand year reign of Jesus Christ. And not only are we looking forward to it, Nature also was corrupted. By Adam's fall, corruption entered into nature, a curse entered into nature, and they're gonna receive, they're released from this when Jesus comes back to rule the earth. We will receive our release whenever Jesus comes back at the rapture of the church, but seven years later, Actually, all of creation will worship God together with us. And that's what we're going to find out here in these passages of Scripture. So get ready for it. This is really cool stuff in these verses of Scripture. Starting with verse 18, Paul says in verse 18, for I consider, the King James Version says, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. The word reckon, we use it in the South. You know, I reckon so. And it basically means that. Honestly, Paul is just simply saying, I calculate, I estimate, I look at everything around me and come to conclusion. To, to reckon something is to come to a conclusion. And Paul says, I consider, I come to this conclusion that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. We have a glorified body yet to come. We will live in a glorified kingdom called heaven. And he says, the sufferings weren't enough. It seems like they're overwhelming. And they, but this has been going on for a year. It's been going on for two years. I've heard people say that I've been in this lawsuit now for three years. Will it ever go away? I simply ask you this. What's that compared to eternity? You'd be in eternity, look back and go three years. What was that? It was nothing compared to this glory I'm having right now. And the persecution I went through when God brought me out on the other side, it was better than ever. I mean, I hated the suffering. I didn't like it, but you know what? I kept trusting God every day. And through that, I learned to draw closer to God. The problems themselves didn't come from God. They're in this world. It all happened because of the curse. It all happened because of Adam's transgression and a curse entered into this earth and we are born into it. Temptations and trials and testings come from three sources. The world, the world system around us, our own flesh, and Satan and demons himself. Those three areas are where it comes from, but the Lord says in this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. In other words, God's even taken the good times to learn how to bless us, but also the bad times to learn how to bless us. We live in good times and we live in bad times. There's days we have good days. Some days we have bad days. Some days everything is going our way and the next day nothing is going our way. And God said, I've got a plan to bless you in both of those. And what the Lord's simply saying, in this earth, you'll have some good days and bad days. You'll have some days when Satan's not coming against you, other days when he is. You'll have days when your flesh is not tempting you so much, other days when it seems like it's overwhelmingly tempting you. And demons themselves, the world system around us, 
although they are constantly there, there's some days we have better than others, but the Lord is simply saying in every good situation and bad situation, I'm gonna bless you. In other words, just put your faith and trust in me. The bad times do not last forever. So God's gonna bring us through. And that's why he said, I consider that the sufferings of this present time, notice present time, because there's gonna come a day will no longer be this present time. It will be the millennial reign of Jesus Christ and all this will be over. But the sufferings of this present time are not even worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. How a mature believer handles suffering and the benefits of maturity which can come through suffering begins here in verse 18. So wherever and whatever we suffer in life is not even worthy to be mentioned in comparison to what heaven's gonna be like. Paul states this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 17, that the afflictions of this life, this present time, are a lightweight and the glory of eternity with Christ is a far more exceeding and eternal weight. The two, earth and heaven, can never be compared. In other words, is it good down here? Yes, you have some great days down here, but even your greatest days aren't even anything compared to what heaven is gonna offer you. To get into heaven, you'll see the glory of God. You'll be there forever. You'll have no temptations. You'll have no flesh in you because why? When you get to heaven, if you die now, you'll just be there in spirit form. But one day when the rapture of the church occurs, you'll have a body made just like the Lord Jesus Christ, a body that's made out of eternal value and it will live forever and be forever and will no longer require the things of this earth and never have to go through troubles and trials again. We will have a body just like the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Beginning in verse 19, Paul is going to compare us with nature. Again, us and nature received the curse at the same time. Adam's transgression passed a curse on all mankind from that time on to where the children born for he and Eve are all born under a curse, but also that curse passed into nature. What happened was the curse entered into the dust of the ground and everything made out of dust received the curse. Guess what? Everything's made of dust. Man was made of dust, animals made of dust, plants, and all these things around us were all made out of dust, so everything received the curse. But the one part of us that's made out of the dust of the ground is our body, and it still is carrying a curse. The moment we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, what also happened to Adam, which happened to nothing else in creation, he died spiritually on the inside. Man is the only being that has a spirit. Animals have souls. Animals have a natural life about them, but they have no eternal life about them. Man has eternal life. If you aren't a Christian, you'll spend eternity in hell and eventually the lake of fire. If you are a Christian, you'll spend eternity with God in heaven. So even sinners have eternal life, but it's eternal life of death. They will be separated from God forever and forever. But when you get born again, eternal life comes into you from God. His nature lives in you. The Holy Spirit moves inside of you and you become the temple of the Holy Spirit. So beginning in verse 19, we're gonna have, have mankind and creation around us, even Christians, we're going to find out is that we all groan together. When trouble comes, we groan. When there's bad weather, we groan. When there's curses in the earth, we groan. When there is uh, earthquakes, when there's tornadoes, when there's hurricanes, all these things that go on around us, when volcanoes erupt, even nature is groaning and we groan at the same time. But God's gonna come one day and release both of us from this groaning to where this whole world will live in praise toward God and also everyone here on this earth will be praising God in the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. Verse 19 says this, for the earnest expectation, here's what the Greek says, the eager anticipation 
of all of creation waits for the revealing of the sons of God. This verse doesn't say that nature is waiting for the sons of God. Nature is waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. Why? Because now we are the sons of God, but it doesn't yet appear what we shall be. When we come back to this earth with Jesus Christ at the end of the tribulation, at the beginning of the tribulation, just, just before it begins, the rapture will occur. We will be taken up into heaven. We receive a resurrection body and be taken into heaven in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. And it's over. I mean, this that fast. People won't see it. Basically, creation won't miss us for a moment. And then after that, the tribulation begins seven years of the worst time in all history. Jesus said that. But at the end of that tribulation, we are going to come back with Jesus and we are going to be revealed to the entire world, including all of creation, that we will be revealed as the sons of God because we'll come back in resurrection bodies. Bob, right now, is a son of God. That happened the moment I accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. But one day I'm gonna have a body that will you will actually be able to see with your eyes and that's the revealing of what I am on the inside. In the meantime, I walk with God, I carry a testimony, I obey his commandments, I live for Jesus, and the world can see with that that I'm a son of God. But one day, I'll have a natural body that's been changed into a resurrection body, and the people of the world and all of creation can on that day see the revealing of the sons of God. It's gonna come one day. In the meantime, let's find out how you can have a copy of this book that I have on the book of Romans. See you right after the break. Romans New Testament Commentary is a verse-by-verse teaching of the Book of Romans from the personal study notes of Pastor Bob Yandian. In his letter to the Romans, Paul clarified the principle of justification and whether it is by deeds of the law or by the work of God. Paul reveals that the law has never been a means of salvation and that faith has always been the means of spirituality regardless of the dispensation. This epistle also helps us to understand how we may gain victory over the flesh. If we as believers walk according to our new nature, the inward man, we are controlled by the Holy Spirit and not the sin nature. To order Romans New Testament Commentary, visit our website at bobbyendian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. 
Again, welcome back to the broadcast. Maybe you're watching today for the first time. Glad to have you join us. I trust this won't be the last time. And some of you might be watching me for the second, third, fourth time, whatever. Some of you are watching me now for the 100th, 120th broadcast, and you love the Word of God. And many of you have already joined me as partners. Some that watch me just a few times immediately become a partner. Some that watch me 20, 30 times decide, I'm going to join him as a partner. I like this teaching, and I'm growing in the things of God. So the good thing is you can join me as a partner. If you'd like to do that, then go to my website, bobyandian.com, and just simply find the place there where you can become a partner and join me. It's first of all the joining of hearts before it's the joining of money and the joining of prayer. It's first of all a heart. You realize from your heart, I like this guy. I like the way he teaches. He opens it up for me. I can identify with that. Well, first of all, there's a joining in the heart. And I'm not saying you can't join other ministers, their heart, and, and actually be you know, working with them and be a partner with them. That's wonderful. I just want to be one of them. And uh, through your giving, this ministry will be spread even further. And so again, I'd love for you to do that. Go to my website again, bobyandian.com, and become a partner with me. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. That'll be great. Let's go back to verse 19. Here Paul says in Romans chapter eight and verse 19, for the eager anticipation of all of creation. That's the whole world around us, all animals and plants and everything else. All creation waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Notice it doesn't say they're waiting for the sons of God. They're waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. And that will happen at the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. This isn't the rapture. At the rapture, we received a resurrection body. We're taken to heaven with Jesus. And for seven years, while the tribulation is going on on the earth, in heaven, we are going through the judgment seat of Christ, or better termed from the Greek, the rewards seat of Christ. We will be receiving rewards for our deeds done in the flesh while we're here on earth. Revelation 14, 13 says that when we die, our works do follow us. That's good works and bad works. And in heaven, God will separate the bad works and burn them up. Those we did out of fellowship with God, those we did in sin and carnality will be separated. But what we did out of love for God and truth for God and caring for people, even if it's a cup of cold water in his name, we'll receive a prophet's reward. We'll be rewarded in heaven. Right after all the rewards are handed out at the end of the seven years, we will be fashioned into the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in Revelation 19, we will come back with him to display ourselves to the entire world as Jesus Christ and also his bride coming back with him with his us. And on that day, creation will see the revealing of the sons of God. So in essence, what all believers from all times are anticipating and eagerly waiting for is not the rapture. Although we are looking forward for the rapture, the rapture will occur only for those alive on the earth who know Jesus Christ at the time of the rapture. Those who have died before us are all in heaven and they will come back with him. And on that day, they're going to receive a resurrection body. Their old bodies, which are in the ground, made of dust, made of ashes, dust to dust, ashes to ashes, will all turn into a resurrection body. At the moment that happens to us, our natural body that we are in at that time, we'll be alive and watching this, will suddenly be transformed. We'll go immediately. We won't go from dust to a resurrection body. We'll go from a natural body to immediately a resurrection body. As we all have a resurrection by that time, we will all rise to meet Jesus in the air. Those who are alive on the earth and remain and those who have gone on to be with the Lord will all rise at the same time and go to heaven to be with the Lord. So what all believers from all times are anticipating and eagerly awaiting for 
is not just the rapture, but the second coming of Jesus at the end of the tribulation or seven years after the rapture of the church. This second coming of Jesus is to set up his kingdom on this earth and nature is saying the same things Paul is saying. Nature is also awaiting the return of Jesus to release the earth from its bondage. The church is waiting for the rapture first as a sign of the coming of Jesus Christ to this earth, and the earth is waiting for the second coming, the return of Jesus to rule the earth. Nature is not waiting for the sons of God because if they are, they missed it, we're already here. They're waiting for the visible manifestation, the revealing of them seven years after the rapture, and this is the return of Jesus to rule and to reign the earth. And this is found in Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 through 16. It will occur at the end of the tribulation and then usher in a thousand year reign of Jesus Christ on this earth. The church will return in resurrection bodies with Jesus on that day after being resurrected and then removed seven years previously at the rapture of the church. Verse 20 says this here in Romans chapter eight, for the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who has subjected the same, that is in hope. What it's saying here is the whole earth was subjected to futility or the curse. This is what happened when Adam sinned. A curse went over the entire earth, but God didn't stop it. God says, I have a plan. Even though Adam did this, the last Adam, which is Jesus, is gonna undo this. By accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior, that's the starting point of which we move out of this curse that Adam formed and move into the final fulfillment of it when we have a resurrection body and come to live back on the earth. All I can say is this, when the millennium begins, that thousand year reign of Jesus Christ, when he comes back to this earth and all of nature sees it as we're becoming back with him in Revelation 19 as a bride adorned for her husband, we'll be coming back on that day on white horses riding with Jesus as he comes to mop up at the battle of Armageddon. As soon as that is over and Jesus cleanses the earth of all unbelievers, of religion, of antichrist, the false prophet, the beast, as the as all religion is removed off the earth at that day, the earth will move into a thousand year reign of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. On that day, the curse of Adam will be gone. And on that day, we're gonna find out many things are gonna happen. It says again in verse 20, for the creation, that's all of creation around us, was subjected to futility, not willingly. They didn't ask for this, but because of him who has subjected it in hope, Adam's transgression caused this to come, but God allowed it, seeing the end of it, and the end of it is going to be the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. So nature was made subject to, or the servant, to vanity. In Genesis chapter three, when the curse of Adam's disobedience was placed on the earth, God allowed the curse to come because he told Adam it would come if he disobeyed God, but God allowed the curse knowing the remedy would come through the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. He told this to Satan in Genesis three. To the woman, he said, you'll have pain in childbirth. To the man, you're gonna work by the sweat of your brow. But to Satan, he said, I'm going to send through the seed of the woman, the answer. And since that time, Satan has been seeking to find Jesus Christ. It was back in the time of the Old Testament. He tried killing everybody at that time. And there was a curse that came on the earth and a flood came on this earth, but the ones that survived were still the, the ones that God wanted. And through them eventually came Jesus Christ.
Later on, we find, you know, that in the days of Moses, when Moses was discovered, that Pharaoh tried to kill all the children, the male children that were born, and it still didn't work. Moses survived. In the New Testament, when Jesus was born and word got out, Herod had all the young babies, boys, two years and under to be killed. He still missed Jesus. Jesus and his family escaped over to Egypt and eventually came back. Every time God got around it when Satan tried to stop it, but the point of it is, our Redeemer was prophesied of in Genesis chapter three, when he told, when God told Lucifer himself, Satan, the fallen one, he said, your distress gonna come through the seed of the woman. And he was talking about the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. So where the first Adam got us into trouble, the last Adam, Jesus Christ, got us out of trouble, but we have to receive it. The first one threw us into a curse and we had no choice in it. You have no choice as being born in this earth under a curse. You have no choice in this earth of being born with the nature of the flesh, but you have a choice to get out of it. And Jesus Christ came and offered us where, where the curse of Adam was forced on us, the resulting blessing of Jesus Christ is given to us as a gift and we have to receive it. God doesn't do anything outside of our will in that case. So again, he told Satan this in Genesis 3, and God did this in hope of the future. God gave Adam and Eve glory, honor, and dominion. And today, because of the curse, man can only produce cursed offspring. Satan's entire kingdom is cursed. When the human being decides to be born again, he moves out of Satan's kingdom and back into God's kingdom. He has God's life again, the new life in his spirit, and a new resurrection body that is yet to come. Look at verse 21 with me. It says here, because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. There's coming a day, seven years after the church receives its resurrection body, all of creation will be released from its bondage of corruption, which Adam brought in and the last Adam is going to take away from them. As Adam introduced to us a curse, the last Adam got us out of that curse, and the same last Adam is going to take corruption in this earth under creation and remove it from them. And on that day, when Jesus Christ comes back to the earth to rule and to reign, all of nature will erupt into the same glorious liberty as the children of God that is manifest on that day. It simply comes back to this. Again, nature will be delivered from the bondage of corruption at the start of the millennium and no more thorns, no more storms, no more war. Nature will be delivered into the liberty at the same time the children of God return with Jesus Christ to rule the earth. The church's deliverance comes seven years just before that event at the rapture of the church. In other words, it comes back to this. You and I as Christians are looking forward to the rapture of the church. It's our hope set before us. Nature is not going to be changed at the rapture. They'll be changed seven years later. And they are looking forward to the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, but the same one does both. Jesus Christ comes to rapture us or take us out of this earth, but Jesus Christ also, it is coming seven years later to rule the earth, is going to remove the earth's curse that is upon it. And on that day, we will all be rejoicing together. As we come from heaven, nature will be rejoicing from earth 
And we will all on that day be singing his praises as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Nature will be released from the bondage of corruption that's upon it as we were released from that bondage of corruption, that last part of the bondage of corruption at the rapture of the church when this natural body which which has the nature of the flesh in it will be changed on that day and no longer will that nature be there. We will have a resurrection body just like that of the Lord Jesus Christ. And also seven years later, Nature will be released from its bondage of corruption. And on that day, the full curse that was placed at the time of Adam will be gone at that time. And the earth and all that are in it living here will go into a thousand year reign with Jesus Christ. All I can tell you is folks, the future looks great. I know you may be going through troubles right now, but you keep looking forward to it. In fact, the rapture is called our hope and the second coming is called the hope of nature. So we both have a hope set before us and that's found in one person, Jesus Christ coming back and he is coming. I'll see you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. Join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.